Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Before we get into our topic and what we want to talk about today, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone that's subscribed, to everyone that's listening. Um, you know, this podcast, uh, it, it kind of just started as an idea, as a thought. Um, I never thought it'd really gain any type of traction, but um, I'm so appreciative of, of your support, not of me, but um, but of the gospel and of good content uh, out there on social media and certain outlets. So I just want to say thank you um, for your support uh, of the gospel we've got. We're averaging now um, from subscribers and people not subscribed. We're averaging almost 200 downloads a day. And that's just random, random episodes. So, you know, the gospel is as of right now, it's reaching almost 200 souls a day. And so we're very appreciative of, of your support of the gospel. Thank you very much. The topic today, we're going to talk about, <clears throat> am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? And I would like to propose, yes, we are. And no, we're not. What are you talking about? No, we're not. That, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, let's let's get into what we're talking about first. So I like to propose, yes, we are our brother's keeper. So let's look at the yes of why we are our brother's keeper. Now, here are some some reasons. I, I wrote down five. Here's five ways or five reasons that I can and why that I am my brother's keeper. Number one, I am my brother's keeper because I can learn how to restore him. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And we're actually going to stay there for a little bit. Galatians chapter 6 verse number 1. And again if you're new to this podcast. You know it, it's not all about my opinions. It's not about my stories. You know it's not about my testimonies or anybody else's. This is about what the Bible says. And we're going to try to you know learn and, and see what, what we should be doing from the scripture. All right. So Galatians chapter six, starting in verse number one, notice what the text says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou shall also be tempted. So do I have a responsibility to my brother or my sister in Christ when they are overtaken in a fault? The text says I do. So in that sense, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Because if you are spiritual, your job is to restore that person. But notice, restore them in a spirit of meekness, right? But then number two, how else am I my brother's keeper? I'm also my brother's keeper because I'm able to bear one another's burdens. Now, we're going to stick with this one for a little bit. Because there's a lot of misconceptions on bearing one another's burdens. Now, let's stay in Galatians chapter 6 and notice verse number 2. After it says that in verse 1, then it says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, if you just take that verse off of face value. So, let's say you just open up your Bible, right? And after you open it up, then you turn to Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. And you read, bear ye one another's burdens. What's the first thing people are going to say? Oh, well, I mean, if, if I need help, if I need this, if I'm going through this, if I'm doing that, 
you should you should be here twenty four seven, right? Because Galatians six two bear one another's burdens, right? If you really love me, you would do exactly what Galatians six two says, right? Let's let's look at what this verse is really talking about. Three words that you need to look at with any verse in the Bible. You cannot just take one verse and you can't just run with it. Context, context, context. You have to understand what's being said before and what's being said after in order to understand the middle of the verse. You can't just take it and run with it. Now, when we talk about bearing one another's burdens, you know, the word, if you really look at the verse and you look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, I'm trying to get here on my tablet here so I can show you here. So Galatians chapter 6 verse number 2, when it talks about bearing one another's burdens you know when you think of the word bear you think of taking on something so if i have a heavy book pack or a heavy backpack right it's full of whatever's in there and i need help carrying that backpack because i cannot bear it then we think well you should take the backpack from me and bear what i can't bear right that's what we think bearing one another's burdens means the word bear in the scripture means to lift off, meaning to take up, meaning to carry off. So, wait a second. Bear or take off one another's burdens. <clears throat> Remember, what was verse 1 talking about? Those that are in a fault restore such a one, right? So let me ask you this question. And let's, let's see if this makes sense. If the literal thing, like we think, bearing one another's burdens. How many of you have burdens? I have burdens. You have burdens. Everybody else has burdens. So why would it make sense if I have a bunch of burdens to take all of your burdens on top of my burdens? Why Does that make any sense? So if I've got stuff going on in my life, if I've got a lot going on, if I've got this, whether physically or spiritually, I got all these burdens in my life. Why does it make sense for me to take your burden and take your burden and take your burden and take your burden on top of what I have already? Why does that make that makes no sense? So why are we why are we labeling that on each other like that's actually God's command now? Don't don't get me wrong. You're saying, well, Jordan, I guess you're saying you're not supposed to care about anybody. Let's let's stop right there. We are supposed to care for one another, right? Rejoice with those that rejoice, weep with those that weep. What does that show? That shows mutual care for one one another, doesn't it? Yes, it does. When someone's overtaken in a fault, you're supposed to help them. You're supposed to do all this, right? So I'm not saying you're not supposed to be there for your brother, but in a sense, there's there in a sense there's a lie because there's only so much you can do for a person. You cannot be everything for one person and another person cannot be everything for you. But you know what? We teach that we teach bear one another's burden. So if I'm going through X, Y, and Z through this, if you don't help me with any of that, then you're not bearing my burdens. It's not true. It's false. Notice this. Remember the word bear means to take off, right? So what am I taking off? Bear ye one another's burdens 
What is sin always related to? A burden. Hebrews chapter 12, right? Sin is always a burden. And when a brother or a sister is caught in sin, guess what that sin becomes in that brother or that sister's life? That sin becomes a burden. So if that sin is a burden, why would I want to take that burden and put it on me? It's not what's supposed to happen. Bear ye one another's burdens, meaning that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help take off that burden of sin from that brother or sister's life. That's my command. That's my thing that the Lord wants me to do. So, so that's my job, right? My job is when I see a brother burdened with sin, my job is not supposed to take everything off of him and put it on my back. My job is to show them why they're burdened so they can take it off. You see, Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 for a lot of people, it ends up being a cop-out verse. What does that mean? It means they know that they're supposed to do that for themselves. They know that they're supposed to change themselves. They know they're supposed to repent for them. But they don't want to do it or they think it's too hard. So guess who they put the responsibility on? On other Christians. So then they'll say, well, Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, you're not bearing my burden. You know, I've had I've had Christian people come up to me and tell me that I'm not bearing their burdens. Literally, I've had them come, whether it was a physical ailment, whether it was spiritual ailment, whether they've come up to me and said, you're not bearing my burdens. Taking that whole verse out of context, bearing one another's burdens isn't taking off pressure from somebody else and putting it on you. Bearing one another's burdens is helping them to realize that they are in sin so they can help themselves. You can help your brother to a point, but you cannot make somebody repent. You cannot change somebody's mind. You cannot help somebody grow spiritually. You can you can be an influence. You can be an example. You can be a friend. You can be a brother or sister, but you cannot be the catalyst to change. They have to be the catalyst for themselves. You can help a person. It's just like that old phrase. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the, the horse drink. You can do everything you can to lead some people in the right way, but guess who has to go get it for themselves? They have to do it. The action is on them. So bear one another's burdens. Remember, what is burden? Verse number one, those that are overtaken in a fault. What is fault? Sin. If you're spiritual, you will help restore that person. But notice, in a spirit of meekness. Why? The end of the verse explains this perfectly. Considering yourself. Well, why should I be considering myself? Lest you also be tempted exactly how they fell. Because remember, we're talking about the person that's in sin. So if I come to them, I can fall into the same thing they're falling into. So why would I take it? It makes no sense, right? So bear one another's burdens and watch the end of verse 2. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what's the law of Christ? Look at look at John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And notice verse number uh, 34. John 13, 34 and 35. 
Notice this has a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, did Christ bear our burdens? Yes, he helped take those off. But even though Christ took those burdens off of us, didn't you and I have a responsibility to hear the word? Didn't you have you and I have a responsibility to believe it? Didn't you and I have the responsibility to repent still? Didn't you and I have the responsibility to confess? And didn't you and I have the responsibility to be baptized into Christ? You see, when Christ died on the cross, it didn't stop. Guess what? He did his part. But guess what my part is now? Now that I'm, now that he bore my sins, now I have a responsibility. You see, this is such a cop-out verse sometimes because people don't take on the responsibility that they need to take on for themselves. Does that make sense? So, yes, I'm to be my brother's keeper by restoring him. Yes, I am my brother's keeper by bearing his burdens. I'm also my brother's keeper by teaching him. Remember in Acts chapter 18 in verse 24 through 27 with Aquila and Priscilla when they taught Apollos. They taught that brother, right? Then also I am my brother's keeper by disciplining my brother. Galatians 2 verse 11 through 13 again. And also I am my brother's keeper by encouraging my brother, right? But here's the no part of why I'm not my brother's keeper. Guess what I can do for somebody? I can help restore him. I can help bear his burdens. I can teach him all day. I can discipline all day. And I can encourage him all day. But guess what I cannot do for him? Guess what I cannot do for, for my sister or my brother? Notice this. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. You're going to have to... <laughs> Excuse the noise. The guys actually want to mow the lawn right now while we're doing this. All right. So Galatians or Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three, starting in verse five. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth: fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, was idolatry. For the sake which the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience which you walked in some time when you lived in them, but now put on all these things, or put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and you have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So if a brother has problems with anger, if a brother has problems with blasphemy, if a brother has problems with malice, Guess what I can do for him? I can teach him. I can encourage him. I can discipline him. I can expose or bear his burden, show him why he's burdened. But guess what I can't do? I can't take off malice in his life. I can't take off blasphemy. I can't take off anger. I can't take off all this stuff that Paul tells us to mortify. Because guess whose job that is? That's that brother's job. See, so many times... People don't 
people want to put the responsibility on everybody else to help them when it's really theirs. Now, can you encourage him? Yes. Can you teach him? Yes. Can you do all this for them? Yes. But you cannot do everything for everybody. Everybody has to have a responsibility. Because sometimes when you do this for people, you end up being people's uh, spiritual security blanket. And guess what that ends up doing for you? That ends up draining you. That's why Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, When you do this for your brother, consider yourself lest you be tempted just like they are. So he's saying that's why you have to let people do things on their own. You have to let them grow. You can encourage them. You can help them. You can support them. You can pray with them. You can do all this for them. And that's what we should be doing. But I cannot do it for you. Somebody else, they cannot do it for me. We can encourage one another, love and good works. But I can't make another person put off these things in their life. I cannot make another person take off the stuff in their life, right? They have to want it for themselves. You see, and here's kind of the red flag. Sometimes if you want it more, if you want it more for them than they do on a consistent basis, then you've become the cop-out. And since you're bearing and you're trying to take everything off of so many other people that they don't want to do it for themselves. And it's so sad that the people that, that do that, that take everybody else's burdens really at the end of the day are still labeled as well you're still not doing enough or you haven't done enough you know it's like there's still no way to win which is sad but that's just what happens and that's why that's why so many preachers and that's why so many leaders in the church are drained because they feel a responsibility that they should take on everybody else's problems that they should have the solution for everybody else's problems. That they should have an answer for everybody else's problems. And when they don't give that to people, then people get mad. Then people say they don't care. Then people say they don't have a heart. Then people say they never care. But they're the ones that really care. But they know if they take everything from everybody else, then they're going to be burdened with the same thing you're burdened with. So why would you want to burden somebody else with what you're burdening? It makes no sense. And so, bearing one another's burdens and being my brother's keeper, you should always want your best for your brother. You should always want to help your brother and sister. You should always want to encourage them. You should always want to uh, do whatever you can for them, study with them, pray with them, help them, do all this stuff, right? But at the end of the day, and I really don't like using that phrase, but really at the end of the day, like, it's, it's on them to change. You cannot change a person for them. They have to want it more than you do. And once you see them develop and once you see them start changing on their own, then that's when you know they want it for them rather than you wanting it for them. And so bearing one another's burdens and becoming my brother's keeper. So am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. To a point, because there comes a point where that brother or that sister, they must want 
to know Christ. They must want to grow. They must want to be knowledgeable. They must want all this stuff for themselves. And they have to get that that drive and that motivation for them. Because in the end, it will end up draining you if you keep on bearing one another's burdens. And so think about this example. In Psalm chapter 37, this is my favorite psalm. And anybody that's that's known me knows that I always refer to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And if you look at verse number five, the Bible says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. You know, these burdens that we have in our lives, even though we are surrounded by Christian people, sometimes it is not other Christian people's responsibility to help you fix everything. So you cannot pour all of your burdens on all the other Christian people. Here's who you need to pour it on. And I I, um, I encourage you to do this study. In the book of Psalms, whenever it talks about, or in the Bible in general, when it talks about casting your care or casting your burdens, notice it never says to do it to people that say they love the Lord or do it to your brother. It always says to give it to him. So you're doing yourself and I'm doing myself a disservice when I always think that everybody else has the answer when I should be casting it on the Lord anyway. So, you know, the word commit there in Psalm chapter 35, you know, it's not the commit like we think, like I'm never going to stop. I'm always going to do this. That's not what it means here. Commit means to roll over or or to roll upon. And so notice it says, commit thy way unto the Lord, not your brethren, not your preacher. Commit thy way unto the Lord. So commit means to roll upon. You know, a camel in a desert, when it has all that stuff on his back, when it gets tired, it'll lay down and it'll roll all that stuff off and then it could get up again. So notice the imagery that the psalmist writer is painting. All those burdens that we have on our back, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, all those burdens, why would I give that to another brother? All those burdens, why would I give that to another sister and then get mad at them when they don't take it? It's, it's, it really is idiotic. Why would I expect other people to take my stuff? It's not my job. It's not your job to take my stuff. We're to give that to the Lord, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. We're here as brethren to encourage one another to love and good works. But as brethren, we cannot change one another. As brethren, we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage one another to strive for spiritual greatness. Not to be seen, but to show them you could be so much better than what you are right now or what you've been i believe in who you are i believe in who you can be i believe in the abilities that you have i don't care what happened in your past i don't care what other people say about you i don't care how even you even view yourself if you are a christian you can be spiritually great and i believe in you so now it's time for you to believe in yourself That's what encouragement means. Encouragement doesn't mean 
taking on their stuff. It takes the work off of them. Encouragement in the scripture means to show them that they can be more than what they are. And Christ wants them to be more. And so let's continue to change ourselves, but also to help our brothers in Christ to be the best, and brothers and sisters, to be the best versions of themselves they can be for him. And on that road, we'll walk hand in hand as we continue to do this together. Thanks, guys.